la 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 la. Apparently, it's good. What? The new Little Mermaid. <laughs> oh yeah, I went to see it. Oh, you did? How? And you didn't tell me? And we have a musical podcast. Welcome. Well, I was going to talk listeners. about it. I was going to talk about Welcome, it. Welcome, listeners. Campbell, well, we have phones and we can talk to each other outside of. I didn't know our Do friendship was only on a microphone. Correct. It is. Well, that's when you. Welcome back to Boozicals, the podcast where uh, we get drunk and talk about musicals and raise some money for music education between two friends? Question mark. Yeah. I'm Campbell. Sure, and this is Raven. Tell me about Little Mermaid because I've listened to Part of Your World mm-hmm. and Poor Unfortunate Souls on the Spotify. I will say, and so... I liked it. Yeah, I, I really liked I really liked Hallie's version of Part of Your World. Um, there are some moments in the song that I wasn't quite picking up what she was putting down. Um, but for the most part, I thought it was a really good performance. It was definitely very emotionally, like, evocative. Um, Melissa McCarthy did, not that I ever discredited her, because I think she's a really great comedian. Um, I wasn't entirely sure she would do Ursula Justice, and I think she really did. Like, the look was everything. Um, the vocal performance, like, her her rendition of Poor Unfortunate Souls was very, very good. Um, so I definitely really which enjoyed. a lot of people were worried um, like seeing the makeup like a picture of it mm-hmm. didn't look great but of course there's like you know CGI touch and like filtering like and like yeah and filtering yeah yeah um, I think the final look looked really good and it was definitely like it, it was Ursula you know people were very worried about her as Ursula also because i mean ursula is like based on like is a drag queen yeah um but melissa mccarthy does like have some drag experiences Mm -hmm. she's actually performed at wigstock there's a really cool documentary i think it's on max which is what hbo max is now because of the discovery plus hbo max murder type thing but everyone go see that documentary about wigstock and like lady bunny and like her friends yeah. and community that they do i will York. say while i think melissa mccarthy did do a great job i feel like if there was going to be a version of little mermaid especially a film version of little mermaid that had an actual <laughs> drag performer as ursula yeah. it should have been this one because this 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 version of little mermaid like i know everyone's making a big deal about the whole like oh it's black it's a black aerial but really it's just colorblind casting it's it's really like brandy cinderella version of little mermaid um which i i enjoy to an extent um but, but society I, has regressed since the 90s <laughs> did you ever consider that <laughs> But yeah, and I, I will say, so of course they added some new songs because they had to. Um, some of them I will not speak on, and one of them particularly, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But one that they added... Lin-Manuel soon... Miranda must be stopped. <laughs> but one that they added as soon as Ariel gets her legs the first time she's on land. Um, I don't remember what the name of it is, but it was something along the lines of like, Gravity Keeps Pulling Me to the Ground, or I don't know if that was the actual mm-hmm. name of the song. But it was a really cute little song um, that I thought was just a cool way of them like showing off a little more of the island showing off a little more of her like experience um and just like her vocal range as well because it was a very different uh musical style from part of your world i am kind of bummed that the like daughters of triton song is like not in it anymore uh but i don't know i'm excited to see it i i mean like most people have not liked a lot of the live action disney movies but i hear this is one of the with this is one of the better ones, but also I've only seen like two. Yeah. Um, 
But okay, so today, today we are starting off back at it again with our brand new music segment, uh, and today or music terminology segment, and today we are calling it. I got it. Can, may I? Even though I'm not doing it. Go ahead. I'll still extra, extra. Drink all about it. Ooh, isn't that good? I love that. I was trying to come up with something like related to the musical, but you know I'm bad at that. So I love yeah, it. Yeah, and I just I just crushed it. So okay, so our musical term for today is extra extra. Read all about it. Oh, staccato. Whew. How fun. Yeah. Um, so Keep going. Staccato is a form of musical articulation where you have a note of a shortened duration separated from the subsequent note by silence. So, um, basically, like, it's a way of, like, kind of punctuating a particular note or beat or rhythm in the melody. And it's very, like, it makes for very kind of, like, punchy, emphatic uh, music. So, there's a lot of places uh, throughout the musical we discuss in the day where it comes into play. Um, but also, it's just a very popular form of, like, musical technique to use. So. Interesting. I always like to, when we're, like, alternating this, predict what word you would do and mm-hmm. i wasn't thinking staccato i was thinking you were going to say reprise because there's uh, so many 60 percent of this musical <laughs> there's so which many. is but they are fit in very well oh yes which is newsies Woo, so out, newsies. <laughs> so newsies we are watching specifically the broadway rendition of the musical Uh, But Newsies is a musical based off of the 1992 musical film Newsies, which was itself inspired by the Newsboy strike of 1899 in New York City, which was a like real life event that happened. Um, So it was two weeks long. Yes. And they were actually like the um, it caused the Pulitzer's New York world to decrease decrease its circulation from 360 thousand papers to 125,000 which is significant and if you see these pictures um one of i mean everyone they're not children there's one child actor (laughs) in this but they're not children but when you look at these pictures they're like you know they are like eight nine years old like striking and it's striking yeah, so, so newsboys, newsies are newsboys and newsgirls um, who were often the children of, like, young, poor, Im- or not necessarily young, but, like, poor immigrant families um, that were trying to, like, make extra money, basically, to help pay for their, um, help support their families. Um, the strike ultimately was successful in not necessarily lowering the prices. They didn't lower the prices, but they did implement full buybacks for all of their papers which was huge because again that meant that the the kids weren't going to be like eating their profits basically um for any paper that they didn't sell so it was adapted into the 1992 musical film and then adapted for broadway in 2012 uh where it had its sort of like longest run and then of course it's been making the circulations uh making the rounds in all of the major theaters uh pretty much since then so we are watching a pro shot that was um captured uh during a performance at the pantage pantages i don't know how to pronounce that 
theater in theater in Hollywood, California, um, and is currently available on Disney Plus uh, because I rewatched the 1992 musical film and I was like, I don't like this as much as I remembered it in middle school. So we're going with the better version. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember watching, well, because also the 1992 um, musical movie did really bad in the box office and it like was more of a because it was more of a cult classic that people like really watched when they like rented the vhs yeah uh when they would watch it at home and that's how i watched it um for the first time and i also did watch in elementary school because yeah that came out in 1992 um but what are we drinking, Raven? Uh, today we are drinking. I had a little bit of difficulty coming up with a cocktail for this, but I ended up landing on the Boiler Maker, um, which is basically a beer and a shot of whiskey. Um, your particular one of choice, but uh, the recommended ones or these traditional ones are some form of ale, like an amber ale or a brown ale, um, combined with a shot of bourbon or rye. So. Oh, good. I didn't know that last part. And I do have an uh, uh, like a red ale and I did get a rye whiskey. That's I just awesome. Like that I'm actually drinking a dark American rye, which is actually pretty USA. smooth. USA. Um, and Where is I it from? thoroughly enjoy the taste of it. So it's by Basil Hayden. Um, this was made in Frankfort, Kentucky. But the beer that I'm drinking is a Tavern Brown Ale from Aleworks Brewing Company, which is located here in Williamsburg, Virginia. So nice i decide to go local for my stuff as well the whiskey i'm drinking i think i've talked about on the podcast before maybe in season one but i have a uh, straight american rye whiskey um that was made in bend oregon um from crater lake distilling but even more local the beer i'm drinking it is a charmed life irish style red ale from block 15 in corvallis oregon so you can either take the shot and then chase it with the beer or you can you know do a traditional like bomb and drop the shot in the beer and like mix it or drink it that way um i propose that we try both ways uh across the probably two of these that we'll have during recording Uh, we might get around to three but probably not um, so I think for this first one, I'm going to have them separate. Okay, let's try that. Let's do that. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Oh, God. See, I thought I was safe from taking a shot, but then I, like, realized what we were doing. I love these together. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Oh, okay, let's get into it. We already kind of went into the history. So, yeah, let's just, let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. So we start off with this like opening overture as they're like bringing up the stage. Um, I want to start off uh, talking first about the set design and the music. Just of course. Blanket. Um, one, the, this opening overture is, uh, has a lot of the motifs from uh, one of the big ballads of the musical, which is Santa Fe. Um, I love how it starts off like really small and hopeful with like the single, I think either horn or woodwind, um, mm-hmm. but then it becomes like this big brash like song kind of like, just circles back to that little like optimistic feeling. It's very like go the distance to me. Yeah. Um, fan of that. 
Also, the set design, I freaking love. So they had... It was really cool. So clever. They had um, these, like, scaffolding uh, racks, like, set up that could be, like... Kind of, like, fire, fire escapes. escapes. Yeah, like, you have, like, a fire escape type of, type of feel. But they had... Um, what's the word like projector screens basically built into them where like they could lower the projector screen on each like scaffolding rack and then project images onto it that could be the backdrop for a scene or at yeah. one uh one point they did like the newspaper image that was taken of like the newsboys like that type of stuff um just really really clever uh design for this that really made the show um work so seamlessly i feel like i agree and we kind of like enter this is like the newsboys lodging house and we see um some characters wake up uh the first being crutchy is the character's name (laughs) is his name Uh, Mm yeah yes not his government name i hope but (laughs) (laughs) yeah right crutchy is played by andrew keenan bolger uh who has been in so many things on broadway he was jesse tuck and tuck everlasting um in the original cast he was also on Broadway for Mary Poppins, Susical, Beauty and the Beast, A Christmas Carol. He was in Nurse Jackie. He was in Looking on HBO and the Naked Brothers Band, One Light to Live. He was also the a director of short films Sign and the Ceiling Fan, along with his collaborator Kate Weatherhead. He co-created uh, this critically acclaimed web series, Submissions Only. And he's a co-author of a new children's series, Jack and Louisa. But he is also uh, a host of his own podcast, That Sounds Right Pod. And he cool. does such a great job in this musical. His yes. characterization, his, he just is so charismatic and endearing in this role. Yeah. And I love it. He's great. And ah. he looks like the actor that plays uh, Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit. And what's uh, <laughs> he does. his name? What's his Martin name? I, but, uh, thank you so much. I've been thinking <laughs> about it all day and I refuse to look it up. But for some reason, I will straight up ask other people, which is pretty much <laughs> like going on the internet. You won't ask Google, but no. it, it's worse than going on the internet. I could have been wrong. Yeah, so I mean, shout not, out Andrew but... if uh, you should be on our podcast and we can yeah. do some cool podcast things together. We're Hells following yeah. you on our podcast Instagram follows back. If Absolutely. You're to this. Uh, yeah. And then we see Jack wake up as well, who's played by. Oh, my God. Jeremy Jordan. So what talented. A, oh, my God. A, incredibly Powerhouse. talented. It, he did. Okay, so his first Broadway role, uh, he was in Rock of Ages. Uh, he also played Tony in West Side Story. He originated the role of Clyde Barrow in Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, that's interesting. He was got Tony and Grammy nominated for his role as Jack Kelly in Newsies. Uh, he was also uh, first in season two of Smash, which we should do for a happy hour special, the TV show musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, while he was on Newsies, he would, like, film Smash during the day and then start at newsies during the evenings and then he's also been tv shows as elementary he's in a bunch of episodes of supergirl but he is so freaking good and he's playing 17 year year old jack kelly um again very grease effect yes (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like i do feel like it 
Mm, They're okay. in their, like, 20s and 30s. Yeah, I was going to say it works a little bit better on stage, but the reality is that, like, technically, if we're being historically accurate, the cast of Newsy should look like the cast of Annie. Like, just predominant, not even predominantly male, because there were as many news girls, really. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but they, but they it's... should be, like, there were children. These were, like, literally 10-year-olds striking. And, of course, this is the 2017 recording, and so a lot of the original cast came back for this recording. Because yeah. it was originally on Broadway, I believe, in 2012. 2012 so to like 2014. A fi- yeah, this is, like, a five years difference from that. But still, there's a difference between 36 and 31 when you're playing a 14-year-old, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, so they are kind of like, wake up, getting a start of their day. Uh, He's like, where are you going? It's like really trying to get a start on, you know, getting papers, making some money. And they kind of talk about New York and how it's a horrible place. Uh, (laughs) Jack has said, like, the city ruined my dad. Um, New York is fine uh, for those with a big door, locked door to keep it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where we first hear of Jack's desire to basically... Go to Arizona. Move, New Mexico? Yeah, to move out New Mexico. To move New out Mexico. to Santa Fe. In 1899. So this is technically the prologue of Santa Fe, just to say that. It's not the full version yet. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is going to be an ongoing discussion of characterization of New York children in the late 19th century, early 20th century, mm-hmm. and the accents these <laughs> performers are cho- choosing to do, which yeah. is sometimes choice. it's great, but like it's definitely choices. There's yeah. a lot of uh, and, sniffing the because they're like find... rough and tough. They're like, yeah, a Santa Fe is big, <sighs> clean. <sighs> pretty it's just like use a tissue it's ridiculous <laughs> well they can't well they were always sick they're poor they're, they're poor children uh, is this going to be like a rent situation where Catherine's like y'all are making jokes but maybe it's this like very depressing reason that they're doing this kind of stuff maybe, maybe. but we're just it was just a lot and it's just like it is interesting. New York. <laughs> it is interesting. I can understand that maybe it's more difficult to maintain an accent that you're doing as an effect um, while you're singing. But it is interesting that you can hear <laughs> when they lose the accent while they're singing. And it's very immediate. Some it's of them. Very I'm immediate. So, I'm so excited to talk about like I have like a couple favorite lines in this entire yeah. musical because it's just like. Uh, like they're so talented people and it's just uh, okay i'm gonna wait because i have a lot to say about it thought that literally just occurred to me um i wonder if the desire to move like to santa fe specifically but to the west and southwest generally is just a weird like latent cultural version of manifest destiny oh no it for sure is uh (laughs) Yes, yeah. Um, so so then we move on, we, or we move down, we see the other uh, Newsies. Uh, so Jack and Crutcher are kind of like on the rooftop. Um, we see the other Newsies are waking up. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. When, <laughs> did you ever, I've sent it to you a million times, but everyone needs to look it up. I'm not going to give you any like like useful details, mm-hmm. but it's this, this person on, I think it was TikTok, that they were uh, doing parodying when like 
musicals transition from speaking <laughs> yeah. to singing and it's like doo, 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 doo. i'm going to move to boston with my cousin um and it's just so much fun how this musical does it for uh carrying the banner it's just like you know there's albert and elmer and specs then all of a sudden race says like they're just talking, doing stuff from New York. Yeah. Hey, that's my cigar. And it just immediately, hey, that's just my cigar. Song. Is uh is I'm gonna get that tattooed on my neck. It is such a harsh transition. Yeah. I was punched in the face. But to talk about some of the different newsies, some of the more prominent ones, uh we have Ben Cook plays Race, uh, who is also a mouthpiece on West Side Story, like the one we did on se- season two. Uh, mm-hmm. Go check out that episode. Uh, he was in Pretty Little Liars, uh, Original Sin, but he was also on an episode of 30 Rock years ago. Wild. And I'm not going to have you guess it because you will never guess it. Look, uh, he you. plays young Jack, specifically when jack is it's kind of that episode where kenneth becomes liz's therapist and like everyone's Mm. like each other's therapist and like losing their minds because Mm. everyone has terrible lives Mm -hmm. but jack was talking about how his dad was like never supportive of him because he's trying to prove that tracy jr's quote-unquote son that's older than him is his son um or not and Jack loses a lot of confidence and, like, lost his love of science because of a, a, a play he was in as a child. Yeah. Um, that his dad actually went to. And young Jack, in the flashback, says, I am a proton. Protein. All living orgasms. I mean, orgasms. It's of organisms. Yeah. And then Jimmy Donaghy, his dad's like, Chowderhead can't even say the words. And when I got home, I threw away my microscope, my shell collection, my map of the stars. Um, the young Jack in that play was, was Ben Cook. That's cute. That's cool. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Um, we have uh, Nico de Jesus, who plays Romeo. Uh, we have Jordan Samuels, who plays Specs. And Specs, you better fucking flip. How high <laughs> does this fool jump? Like, there's so much jump, just jumping. The so choreography jumping. is either a 1 or a 15 on a scale of Absolutely. 1 to 10 in this. <laughs> uh, uh, Anthony Zoss plays Elmer. Uh, Ian Young plays Finch. Uh, Campbell, be more prepared for this. Hotshot plays by J.P. Ferry. Uh, Albert's played by Sky Flaherty. Ike's played by David Guzman. Mike is played by Jacob Guzman. Mush is played Nicholas Mason. Uh, Henry's played by Michael uh, Rios. Uh, then Sniper's played by Daniel Switzer. Willie's played by Andrew Wilson. Button's played by Chaz Wolcott. I think those are kind of like the main ones now. But this song is really everyone getting ready for the getting ready for work. But carrying the <laughs> banner um, was the first time like a lot of the stage pieces started moving. It was very like Hollywood Square. Yeah. Um. And you really see, like, everyone's just, like, talking about being newsy, spreading the word, things that they gotta do. Crutchy's like, no, you just gotta have better personality. And, like, smolders at everyone. Everyone's like, no, because people feel bad for you. That's why you're selling... That's why uh, you're selling <laughs> <the> <laughs> is Yeah, and Crutchy's it. like, nah, it's my smile. And I'm like, hell yeah, Crutchy. I love that. <laughs> uh, the thing that I really like about the song is just, it's just a bop. 
Like, the rhythm is very... The first time it is, Raven. Let's be honest. (laughs) This is, like, a song that's played eight times, nine times, feels like 26 times. (laughs) The first time, I'm like, okay, I get it. It is revisited a lot. It's besides Santa Fe. It's one of the main... It is, besides Santa Fe, it's one of the main themes that is, like, replayed throughout the musical. Um, (laughs) This song is very much there, like it's a hard knock life of like them expressing like these are the difficulties that we face like this is what so because these are also like orphaned homeless newsboys for the most part which like the, mm-hmm. the vast majority of newsies were orphaned and or homeless children um all but two in this movie <laughs> literally all but two um, and and they are considered the weird ones um but yeah so the song is basically about like yeah like being a newsie is like kind of a part of who we are at this point like we have our own community we have like this is what we go through this is what our experience in life is like and like this it's our strife. it's our job to tell the news like without us people like people have no idea what's going on because we we are the news basically um so they meet uh Catherine who is a young reporter uh flitting around um she is just like kind of walking through at this point she's not really like a character yeah. character yet um but we do see Jack being a little cheeky with her um mm-hmm. and oh, she, she gives it right so back good. to him and calls him out and I love that for her yeah um, and so Catherine uh, the character Catherine is actually uh only really in the stage production. It's like yes. a mix of a couple characters from like the original movie. Yeah. But uh, Catherine's played by Kara Lindsay, uh, who's been in a bunch of different things. Um, some TV stuff, uh, Marvel Wastelanders, Black Widow, uh, Submissions Only, Murphy Brown. But she's also, she was in Wicked uh, as Glinda, I believe. And she was also the director and writer for Think Pink, backstage at wicked with carol Lindsay, and it's this like vlog of kind of behind the scenes of wicked when it was at mm-hmm. the gershwin and i watched the first episode of it she is so funny she like in the middle of it while you see in the background the alphabet is like getting makeup and getting ready she yeah. calls her and it's pretty much just like answers me like hey what are you wearing? And it's just <laughs> so funny. So it was uh, Broadway.com. It's where it is. But it is very, very good. Very, very funny. Okay. Um, so, Kara. You know, yeah. Podcast? I'm just, you know, shoot your shot. Um, I love it. Um, but yeah, but- so we see that the Newsies also make it to the world newspaper. They see, yeah. like, the main headline. Again, there's a trolley strike going around. It's entering its third week, which they wish the news was more exciting so that they can sell more they papers. They can sell more, yeah. Um, they get um, kind of in a little kerfuffle with the Delancey brothers Ooh, who kind of work nice there. Nice the word kerfuffle. Thank you. The Delancey brothers play Morris and Oscar, played by Devin Lewis and Anthony uh, Norman. And they're really just kind of, you know, starting to get in a fight, but I was like, hey, there's two of them and, like, a million of you. Just, like, <laughs> Literally stomping. so many of you. <laughs> like, it's just... And this is the part that I was just like, there's just so much jumping. Aren't they there's a lot of jumping, a lot of flips. Yeah, this is a very, like, active, um, high like choreography story. musical. Yeah. And yeah. then they interact uh, with Mr. Weasel. I mean, Weasel. Um, who Weasel. works for the newspaper that, like, them and the Delancey brothers, they're, like, you know, hand out the newspapers. Yeah. Because the newsies have to, like, pay for a certain amount 
of newspapers, yeah, and it's then really they they get it. System. It's terrible. That's because the, point. the newspaper, yeah. So the newspaper <laughs> exploitative. The newspaper has a distributor, and the newsies buy papers from the distributor to then sell to the general public. So the newsies are basically a treated lot of like, businesses are still like that. It's it's really fucked up. So like a especially lot of especially like in grocery stores. Yeah, and so you'll see stuff like this today where, like, a lot of newsies, uh, or the newsies were basically treated as, like, independent contractors as opposed to, like, full-time employees of the newspaper, despite the fact that they really only work for the newspaper. Um, And that's something that you see a lot today in, like, sketchy jobs even now, where, like, you're treated as, like, an independent contractor or listed as an independent contractor instead of, like, a full-time employee, which basically allows the company to, like, skirt any actual like accountability or responsibility for you so that they can exploit you listeners are you ready to talk about work (laughs) ethics and unions because we and like the ethics of child labor (laughs) Uh, um put them to work and it's (laughs) (laughs) i don't mean that if anyone's listening and thinking that's like a true belief don't believe that because that's not true but uh mr weasel uh, is played by John E. Brady, but he's also Mr. Jacoby in this, mm. which is fun. Um, so he's been in Law and Order. He in Law and Order SVU. He was also in one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: The Secret of the Ooze. Um, he was one of the assistants at the Technical Global Research Industries. Uh, but he also spent like ten years in The Lion King on Broadway, and has been in like so many TV and radio commercials. But I think it's really fun that. A lot of stage shows, people play multiple parts, and I love when people play, like, antagonists and, like, not protagonists, but they are helpful to the protagonists at the same mm. time. Like, it's fun. I got it's you. Fun. I got you. fun, funky, yeah. fresh. Um, but, yeah, they are kind of, they have to pay for a stack of newspapers, and we're introduced yeah, to some... Uh, okay, Raven. <laughs> I was so sick. Of how many times he said papes. It was... <laughs> really? It, it's like at least a hundred times. It's and so I don't many think times. That's how, it's so <laughs> many times. Stop saying papes. Like, we get it. We get it. Like, you're a little it's orphan cool, New York boy. It's the slang of the time, Campbell. They're hip. They can't afford to pronounce the R. I get it. It's stop saying papes. I hated it when we do our ratings at the end it's lower because of how many because times of papes. papes oh no okay so the boys line up for their papes um jack uh we get introduced we, to two new two new newsies newsies new squaresies and uh one of them is an older kid quote unquote yeah. Um, the other one is an actual is, child. <laughs> yes. So we have Davey, who's played by Ben Fankhauser, who uh, his Broadway debut was as Davey in 2012. Uh, he kind of like originated that role in the 2011 Paper Mill Playhouse production. Um, but he's also was in, uh, he played, I love this <laughs> description for a character, sensitive gay teen Ernst <laughs> in the first national tour, tour of Spring Awakening. Um, but then we also have Les, played by Ethan Steiner, his younger brother in mm-hmm. the musical, who is, do you say he was 10 and Jack say, say you're 7? 
Yes. So okay. the actual character is 10. Yeah. Uh, who was in this? But he was also in a national tour of The King and I. Um, and they kind of get introduced. They don't really know the process. Yeah. He didn't realize that you have to pay up front. Yeah, he thought they had a buyback process because that would make sense. Um, so he originally purchases 20 papers um, and he finds out like, oh, you only gave me 19. Um, Jack kind of stands up for them and says, give him the full 20. And then actually... <laughs> it was 19. Like, what did I say? 18. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, yeah, and so and then Jack stands up for them and like gets them another fifty papers, and they're like, "Oh, we don't want the extra papers." And he's like, "What kind of news? You don't want more papers?" Um, so we find out that these kids are not orphaned, homeless children like the rest of the newsies. They so have they should a be discriminated against. <laughs> they should be discriminated against. Um, their father was recently injured on the job, and while he can't work, they are working instead of going to school yeah. to be able to support the family. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we get into a reprise of carrying the banner. <laughs> yes. Um, and Jack decides to team up with them because, one, they have a cute little kid who he can exploit to buy more, to sell more papers. And Les is good at this. Les is here for it. He's ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he's like, I can help you out. You know, I can help you sell papers and, and get your family more money. Um, and so then we cut over to the world. This is uh, the offices of the New York world. Mm -hmm. And Not the stand in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's only for <laughs> a few of our listeners. And we see none other than Mr. Joseph Pulitzer himself. Played um, by Steve Blanchard. Which his Broadway debut, uh, don't know why I said it like that, was The Three Musketeers in 1984. Um, he also starred as Lancelot in Camelot back in 1993. Great year. Camelot. Let me tell you. Um, the... Lusty Month of May. Is that the... That's the song? The Lusty Month of May, yep. Hell yeah. Um, it's June. Uh, happy Pride. Uh, <laughs> happy Pride. And that was the one with uh, Robert Goulet was Arthur. Um, but he also was did an eight-year run on Broadway as the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. Fun. Uh, but he has also been on, like, you know, The Blacklist, House of Cards. He's been on a bunch of episodes of the Rosemary and Time podcast. Does great. Great, great, great. Mm-hmm. Big fan. And Joseph Pul Pulitzer is like a real person. Yes. From this named strike. Or named or the, the new I think the new The York, Pulitzer Prize is named for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um because I believe yeah, it was yeah, the New York World um was the one that I said those numbers earlier. Yeah. Um So yeah, really so, so he ran the actual paper him that the and William wrote. Randolph Hearst newspaper um, the journal, were the, the like journal. the main, yeah, journals, the main like, two newspaper distri distributions of New York City at this time. Yeah, yeah, and just like the New England cities as well. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of other cities that they interrupted distribution to as well. Um, so we see him and his team, uh, the other three people. I forget their characters' <laughs> names. But okay, so goons. I believe. Okay, so there's, uh, I think Bunsen is one. Um, Bill Bateman. Uh, I don't know when, no, not Snyder, because he's like the, you know, the guy that kidnaps children and abuses him. I was. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, there was, uh, Meredith Inglesby, who plays Hannah, the, 
uh, secretary, mm-hmm. who's also been Law and Order, Tarzan, the Epic Adventures. But she also did some motion capture stuff for Red, Dem- Red Dead Redemption 2. And I just thought, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but she also plays a nun. Did we see the nuns yet? One of the nuns? Oh, I love the nuns. Did we see the nuns yet? Did we forget to Not talk yet, about them? Not yet, no. Not yet. Okay, cool. Um, because there's more people for that. Um, there's also Sites uh, that played by Mark Aldrich, who's also been in Law and Order, Garth- Gotham, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, I think oh, I think that's. I'm his sorry, posse. we have seen the nuns. My uh, ink got wiped away, and I forgot to talk about them. In carrying the banner and the reprise, or yeah, it was in carrying the banner. So we see um, during the middle of the song, we see the nuns come in. They have this a, a very beautiful three-part harmony. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, they have a beautiful three-part harmony that I'm absolutely here for. Um, yeah. That's like a nice, like, hymnal, like, pastoral sort of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. Very, like, calming reprieve from the, like, war anthem that is carrying the banner. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the rest of the nuns, so Meredith uh, Inglesby is, like, the main nun. But the other two are Caitlin Fank and Beth Stafford Laird. Uh, and they, uh, the latter two also play the beauty berries uh like later on in the theater um and uh caitlin fank uh has been in blue bloods the gilded age but it was also in something rotten the musical it was another musical mm. i listened to a song like in the car and the musical is talking about like let's put on a musical the good things about a musical yeah. and i didn't like it mm. so i want to do this uh I, maybe it was just like kind of the setting I was in. I didn't get the yeah. visual for it, but I want to give it another chance and do it sometime on this podcast. That's fair. But uh, Beth Stafford Laird uh, was also one of the things she did. She was in Boss Bitch Challenge Broadway Edition. Um, so Katie Goffman decided to pick on like during the pandemic lockdown, she decides to pick virtual fights with her Broadway actress friends, resulting in mayhem. Um, and it's, I like watch some of it and it's very, very fun. So it's called, uh, boss bitch challenge Broadway edition. So everyone check out that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's just like, that's fun. Love that. Um, they're discussing how to increase profits for the paper <laughs> for the New York world. And we get to the song, the bottom line, the bottom um, line is let's pay, let's take more money from children. And everyone's like, pretty that's much genius. Yeah, so basically they decide, like, oh, well, if we increase the cost of the paper to the newsies, then we can make more money. And they're just like, okay, but doesn't that mean that the newsboys would be paying more for the paper, which means no, they no, would no, no, make no. less Raven. money? Raven, no, no, this is a good thing because this is this a is learning a opportunity. Got them. it. Yeah, they, we we're teaching mm. them how business works and that 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 co- and that, that capitalism is inherently exploitative i understand no 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 that. raven no 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 it's <laughs> like when you like go work somewhere like experience is just as mm. if not more important than being then, financially like money, compensated right? for your efforts yeah because because experience and exposure can directly translate to like food on your table absolutely yeah. um i you know, uh, get energy not by mm. you know eating food or drinking water, of course but not. Why would you? Uh, attention, uh, very Tinker Bell esque. Yes. Uh, that's how human beings also work. I've been only told. the poor ones though. Yeah, 
but yeah, they're very good singing. I'm I'm into it. Um, they do oh, a yeah. really good job. But of course, and then like it get, this musical gets really exciting, and we hear carrying the banner again. <laughs> again, <laughs> yes. And um, one so of the we ki- see. <laughs> I do like one of the kids is taking his like news bag, and he's like using it as like a skip it. Yeah. Skip it? Yes. Oh, um, God forbid one of those hit your ankle. Um, yeah. So then we cut over and we see Jack, David, and or Davy and Les are finishing up selling their papers for the day. So um, Davy didn't sell all his papers, and Jack is like, "I'll help you out." And he like lies about you know what's in the paper, and Davy's yeah. like, "Our dad told us not to lie." And then you see Les is like, "I've been lying all fucking morning." <laughs> Honestly, um, does it yeah, right in so front of his face? Les, and you know Les what? comes over paid. and it's like, will you will you buy the last paper of a poor orphan boy? Thirty seconds later, yeah, we have parents. Who doesn't? Like, yeah, it's like come oh, join no. us for dinner because we have to work, so we can have food on the table. So it'd be fine if we bring another mouth to feed. That's that. Yeah, seems that like that makes sense. Be a sure, his mother move. approves of that. Um, so then Mr. Snyder appears and, uh, bum, bum, it's bum. clearly after Jack. So they all like, like Jack runs away. Um, and Les and Davey like follow him. Um, and they run all the way over to a theater, um, which is like a vaudeville type theater. And we meet Meta. So James Snyder's, uh, <laughs> James Snyder. Snyder is played by James Judy. And we mm, really do hear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We hear that Jack's was, we hear about the refuge, which basically a place for like orphaned or truant children. Yeah. Um, that first they get beaten up and they Mm -hmm. get taken there and they are basically like juvenile detention where they're not fed or cared for at all. Jack broke out of it. It's very like American Oliver Twist. Yes. Um, Oscar Twist. Is that a more American name? <laughs> Kyle Oscar? Twist. Oscar? Well, isn't Oscar Wilde still British? Ugh, whatever. Kyle Twist. Chet Twist. Ew, yes. Chet <laughs> Twist. Um, and so Jack broke out, and the, the story is that he, like, snuck into, like, a wagon by, that was Governor Theodore Roosevelt at the time, um, yeah. was, like, coming back from the refuge, and that's how he escaped. And it's just, like, you know, big talk about the town. Uh, but, yeah, at this kind of vaudeville burlesque theater, we're introduced to the incredible Miss yes. Meta Larkin, played by Aisha yes. DeHaas, uh, who's actually been in, like, some stuff we've done before. She's been in, like, Law & Order SVU. She was in Across the Universe, which uh, we didn't talk about this yet. Or even nope. I think should be our next episode. Fair. Um, but she was also in the movie musical Rent, the Blanket Woman. Um, oh. I believe, I did not double check, but I believe the one was like, get that camera out of my face. Yeah. Uh, don't exploit me. Um, because I'm try- I like was really going back through like notes and like, you know, just my mind palace of useless <laughs> information. Um, and when I say useless, I mean random and it's Fair. i'm pretty sure she's the only one i could see being blanket woman as least the character um but she is great she really loves jack jack is an artist he painted yes, like a really talented. good backdrop that they use for the theater 
and <laughs> they're kind of just like you know hiding out and miss meadows like oh i know theodore roosevelt i know teddy they had sex and there she's like looking for a new backdrop artist and we then hear all of a sudden it's like oh wait she's supposed to be beyond and she says like one of the funniest lines in this musical uh the guy's like you're on and she was like oh how am i doing I... <laughs> <laughs> it was, I it was great that. delivery perfect. very fun very fun she did great she was one of my favorite performances in this absolutely and i loved her whole get up too um yeah. so then she goes onto the stage and we uh hear the song that's rich um, interestingly right. enough, so in the original movie, um, this wasn't That's Rich. This was, uh, it was originally the songs My Lovey Dovey Baby were performed by uh, Meta Larkin and a song called High Times, Hard Times. That was in the original like 1992 uh, film version. Um, and they replaced it with That's Rich for the musical version, which I personally, having seen both, I like That's Rich better. Yeah, um, I think I, really I do like too. Her yeah, I really like her performance uh, of it, too. Uh, she has a really strong voice and uh, kind of hits that... Uh, it's not vocal fry, because it's not like... it's not. Is it like the timber? Raspy. But yeah, like that sort of like... Uh, where she like digs down and like her, her voice gets like that kind of gravelly, like almost growly, like on the that's rich. And like it's very big and brash. And I'm just... I'm here for it. It's Love just it. It's a very campy performance, but solid vocals the entire way but then we see it transitions to the bowery beauties uh which are who were the nuns um played by uh caitlin fink and best stafford laird but i really like what they do they like transition very quickly and instead of they're on the main stage they make like a mini stage like in the little box in one of the like yeah. fire escape type things is like a private box that they have and it literally looks like an old timey stage there's like a screen there's people sitting in front it's just like was really 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 cool and we see that Catherine is in this private box that Jack mm -hmm. like is like oh there's my girl there's someone That's I'm gonna harass and <laughs> no. we hear that the beauties are singing don't come a knocking um as we get into i never planned on you sung by yeah. jack because they're kind of interacting she's like you know very back and forth very like witty quip matching energies type yeah. thing and we find out all of a sudden that jack this is love at first sight yeah and I really like the way the, like, audio is layered on top of each other for the what's happening on the stage and what's happening in this box. I think it's really good, like, environmental set building, sort of. It's one of my um, favorite scenes because of it. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's hilarious what Meta says to him when she calls him out. She's like, you didn't pay to get in. You can at least pay attention. Yeah. And it's like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> right? Because he's... Fully speaking during our performance. Fully speaking, yeah. So basically he's uh, saying like, oh, you know, like he's having these feelings for Catherine. Um, he didn't really plan on, you know, feeling anything like this. Like he's planning on leaving for Santa Fe. And like he, he wants to leave this whole life behind. Um, and now he's like forming these new attachments. Um, so that's kind of the setting up that storyline is sort of the bent of this song. Um so the next morning, the Newsies go to start collecting their papers. We discover that the price of the papers has indeed increased. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, we also see that, like, before he leaves, like, so much riz on this guy. He sketches oh, yeah. a picture of her, leaves it, and in the backdrop and, like, kind of those, like, projections, stuff like that, you yeah. see the sketch, which was so cool. So cool. Just, I, they've done, and we talked about this with, like, set design and things like that, also with, like, Kinky Boots, and I forgot, what was the other stage musical? I mean, Hamilton, of course. Probably. Um, that we saw like the circle and uh, what did you just say sorry falsettos i feel like we talked falsettos about as well just like yeah. on a, the use of like where how far we've come with like set design and like technology yeah. like really to really enhance what's going on it's just fun it's just so interactive um but yeah. leaves the sketch behind and she was just like oh my god Ooh. i think i'm into this but yes yeah, so like me um the new price is like 60 cents for a hundred papers is that what they 60 said? cents for 100 papers from 50 cents for 100 no, so basically they have to sell 10 either 10 more papers or 10 times more papers i feel like it's 10 more to get the same price um, um 10 sense. cents in 1899 is equivalent in purchasing purchasing power to about 365 today Inflation that's a wild. huge increase yeah um, but yeah, so, so basically this is going to impact, especially because, um, Pulitzer doesn't do buybacks, so he doesn't repurchase the papers that they don't sell. Uh, this is going to mean basically a huge hit to the profits that the newsies are able to see from selling mm -hmm. their papers. Um, so Jack, of course, like, goes to buy the paper, um, is like, I'm not paying this new price, this is a hoax. Um, and the guy's like, well, you're either going to buy this new price or you're not going to buy it at all. So then he's like, okay um we're gonna regroup and we're gonna figure this out uh and i love the way that les is like going to bat for him while he's like sitting down trying to figure out a strategy like he's like pushing i felt less is too much here really i thought it was so funny i understand he it's like, like the character and stuff but i'm just like turn it let the man work it off <laughs> i was like you've anyway. been here a day fair quote fair. maybe but Jack sits down to figure out, like, how are we going to deal with this? What's our strategy going to be? And he proposes that they form a union and strike. Yeah, which um, he doesn't really know any of the process of that. And Davey's just nope. like, no, you would have to do this. Okay, so we do that. But then you would okay, have to so do, do this. That. Okay, we'll do okay. that. Cool, um, cool. What's the statement of purpose? Um, and they're just like, they're going to stop. Stop. This is the point. Where's I was like, stop saying papes. This is the part that it like got to be too much. It's like, you need to calm down. <laughs> this is the point I was, like, literally on the verge of a panic attack. Because I, like, I could, like, no. feel it in my body every time they said papes. Every time they said papes. It was like a nail in my skin. And we get into the song, The World Will Know. Will Know. I really, Which really like Davey's now in. Especially connecting. He thought yeah. his father obviously could use, like, a union and like yeah. that's when they decide to go on strike yeah and so part of this is built up from like again we've been seeing the news of the trolley strike um over the like over the beginning of this um seeing that that's going on that's kind of what gives them the idea for this so the trolley the trolley workers have their own union and that's what prompted the strike so they're like let's form our own um and it's just yeah, so they, like, you know, are trying to, like, build up. They're trying to get their plan together. They're the newsboy union now. It's very, like, you know, this is the start of showing the power of collective bargaining and um, yeah. organizing and all, like, amazing things um, 
that, you know, Boozicals, you can quote us on this, we're pro-union. Pro-union, indeed. Um, and also, pro I mean, the rights. timing of this is also uh, very, like, relevant, especially with the WGA, like, strike that's going on right now. Yeah. Writers um, Guild of America. Yeah, which... I mean, we saw some, I mean, did I see something that was like, remember the writer's strike in the early 2000s? Like, like we talked yeah, about it a little bit. We talked about it because that's how like Dr. Horrible Singalong blog came around. Got made, um, yeah. But it also like increased like unscripted TV shows, like reality TV shows got like a big like burst from that. Yeah. Um, so... Was that the reason we had Donald Trump as president because of The Apprentice uh, was made? Oh, Maybe. God, please but say it's no. it's still working. <laughs> um, I saw like that on Twitter. That's not my own thoughts. Um, but I thought it was funny. So shout out. Um, but yeah, the writer strike is still going. And like, you know, the people are like, you know, definitely aren't working. Um, yeah. A lot of the content that I know a lot of, like our listeners and just people in general love that is like crucial to have um you know writers who deserve higher pay a stable mm-hmm. pay structure better working uh, conditions fa- yeah fair deals and contracts especially about with all this freaking like ai related stuff that's been yeah. going on ai i saw sucks a picture for art and writing I saw a picture of some of the strikes uh, with one had Quinta, Quinta Brinson in it, um, and she had a I sign that so read, much. "She had a sign that read AI can't write Tariq's raps," and I was like, "Absolutely." <laughs> Abbott Elementary is like, yeah. um, but um, everyone should also, you know, if you don't aren't familiar with like the strike going on right now, there's like a lot of obviously press and media about it, mm-hmm. uh, but there's also really good kind of like summaries and like. Um, not as, like, biased media reporting about it. Uh, specifically, uh, y'all should look up Adam Conover's, like, thoughts and how he breaks it down. Um, because he's also really good at breaking stuff down like that because of, like, yeah. I mean, just who he is. But Adam also ruins Adam's everything ruins everything. And all of his shows. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Adam Conover, like, really, um, I really like kind of what you can find on the Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, Just talk about, uh, type in Adam Conover, WGA strike, um, to get, like, you know, more context if you're not as informed about it. Uh, But it's just, I don't know, just something I thought it was, like, really relevant with what's going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Um, And so, Um, we really, they they see him get, go to the world, and, like, the doors close. And this scene was really funny because, like, everyone else was basically twerking as they were waiting. Did you notice that? <laughs> it was so I wasn't funny. really sure with that choice. I was, I was like, like, what is Archer back? happening? But, like, it's it's dance. It is. It's a dance move. Dance. They're dancing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we see that. that we see that Jack and his boys go and tell the bosses basically that they're striking, um, what they want, um, and then, you know, they come back out and they're just, like, well they get kicked out basically but they're just like you know now they know what we're standing for um like this is you know the world's gonna know like blah blah blah. and i kind of like the double entendre of like the world will know one like the actual world because like we're gonna try to get in the presses we're gonna try to like spread our message etc but also like the new york world uh that like the the 
newspaper that we're trying to impact most heavily um and in general like i do really like this song i think it's very like fiery um very revolutionary um and very like it's just it's such a driving like melody that really kind of gets that fire fire going so i like that yeah i like that okay let's get a drink now Campbell, do you remember being back in like third grade and having like music class and learning to play the recorder and like hot cross buns? Fun fact. So, you know, I know a lot of wind instruments. I physically was Mm -hmm. not able to play the recorder. My teacher told me just to stand there at the concert. But yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. (laughs) That's so, that's so, that's so sad. It's okay. I can play the bassoon. I've gotten over it. I don't feel bad about it. That's fair, I suppose. Okay, well, we'll, we'll move on. Put a pin in that. Um, put, put a pin in that. Boop. Um, so, unfortunately enough, uh, there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And that's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education. Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full-time. So Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn uh, specifically about music. And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. Nailed out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodario Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, and support new innovation in music education. You can learn more and donate at www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. Hey there, listeners. Pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school. 
keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Together, those actually taste pretty good. Yeah, because I was about to say, since we have similar flavors with what we have, that yeah. caramel and toffee together is pretty interesting. Which I definitely did intentionally, and I'm glad I did. I didn't. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, the world so, will know. Uh, we get back kind of at the uh, Jacoby's Deli, um, who yep. he is also played uh, by John E. Brady. Good guy, like you know, letting them you know have a place of refuge. That's not the yeah. refuge. That's not the refuge, which is abusive. Um, so yeah, the boys are kind of regrouping, discussing logistics, how they're going to spread the word to like the other newsies of the city. So again, it's important to remember, Manhattan is only one borough of New York City, um, and New York City is freaking huge. So like, there's different newsie groups for all the different boroughs of the city. So um, Catherine shows up, um, and she like actually formally introduces herself as like. Uh, she doesn't introduce herself as a reporter necessarily, but she does say she like, wants to hey, write a story. She wants to write a story about them, um, and like she wants them to, like she's trying to convince them like give her an exclusive basically on their story because she's like, hey, no one else is really going to report on this because like what this is going to do, I can see it now. This will make the front page, page and we get into yeah. the world will know like a reprise of it talking about it's like okay now we're more hopeful like we will yeah. get these other borrowers in um and then we kind of get into that like one-on-one -on -one interview between their leader jack and jack kelly Catherine. where he's trying to flirt with her again but he, he is very honest he's like i'm just the leader davy is the brains and then we know that her professional name is Catherine plumber and today they are like stopping their work, but tomorrow we stop the wagons. Um, and Catherine's like, you know what? Like, just like, okay, that's a headline. Like, we got this stuff. I'm working with you. But off the yeah. record, like, good luck. She, you can tell she's really believing in all this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then as she kind of leaves him and sits down to write her story, we get into the song, Watch What Happens. Best song. In, best love song. this song. Best song. It's oh very, uh, this song is also, but like, you know, completely different versions. But it reminded me just kind of like what it's doing for the musical. Falsettos, yeah. like, uh, yeah, I'm breaking down. I believe it's Yes, I can totally see that um, Just kind of yeah. like the staging and things like that and just like the interaction and the relationship with the audience. This song yeah. is so good. I was so, so, so impressed uh, by Kara Lindsay here. It was, Absolutely. it was everything. The style was very like Kate Nash, like Mary Happy. I know you don't know that song, Raven. I'll send it to you. But it's Fair. a song like I've like known for a long time, and it's yeah. very much just like you gotta write it good, or it's, or like I'm not gonna go for it in my career. Not only yeah. that, like news like this and what our generation is doing will stop the world. It is like nothing is going to change. Nothing's going to happen if you just give in, and you just gotta see what happens by doing. 
And I yeah. love it, love it, love it. The song is just so much fun. And the performance is incredible. Just absolutely, absolutely. amazing. And they're like, okay, how did talk to the other newsies go? And everyone's kind of like waiting on Brooklyn. And so yeah. some newsies are like, you know what? We're just going to work then. It's not working, whatever. And then Davy is like, hey, we are just getting started. That's not how this yeah. works. We need to be together we need to be unified and we get into the song seize the day day. and i think this is uh this is the song that really makes the character davy who is someone who's definitely from a more educated background he really doesn't know like a lot of the stripe that these other children have uh but he sees this opportunity he has been given a place in this community he is really like I mean, of course, he is working. He's part of this community. But I think this, like, his character really shows the importance of allyship. Mm. And this is the specific song. He's just like, no, this is why this is important. This is what I believe in. I believe in you all. I believe in me. This yeah. is this is just the process. And, yeah, because fundamentally, yeah. Davy's character does not experience the same difficulties that the other kids do, and really, this like his family still doesn't have this, any money. Yeah, and and realistically, this price increase doesn't have to affect him that much, um, except in how long he chooses to sell newspapers. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, unlike the a lot of the other kids, like he's not necessarily stuck into this is the only thing he can do, or he has no one to take care of him, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Seize the Day, solid rallying cry. I really like it, and I really like the way it's um, reprised or reprised throughout the musical. Um, so the distributor finally opens for the world, um, and the boys, a few boys, uh, do start to buy papers. Um, so these are scabs or like uh, strike breakers, um, people that are intentionally, you know. Crossing the picket line. Or intentionally, yeah, crossing the picket line um, to still make money. And uh, instead of beating them up, as they would have done in real American history, um, they sing at them and they convince them to cross back over the picket line um, and to join the strike. Yeah, Jack um, is very much, this isn't just about newsies. Like, children are yeah. exploited this everywhere. This is about children, child labor. This general, is like, yeah. this is important because we need to look out for each other. They're not going to look out for you. They never have, and they yep. won't if we don't take a stand against them. And then we get into, yeah, the, I really like cool. and Seize the Day that in the beginning, Davy and how they're singing it is very, like, hopeful and be like, I hope people are going to, like, seize the day and things like that. But after yeah. Jack leading and convincing these scabs to, like, hey, this isn't right, it, the, the style of it is more confident. It's way more confident. Yeah, it starts in this, like, slow, like, momentum building to, like, all out like we are seizing the day um i love the dance break that we get here i was gonna say this is a good good section that shows that the choreography is either at a one or a 12 uh because it's very stomp once drag your feet oh you like that let's do it 10 more times (laughs) and they're like ha we did it you're welcome. And then they start doing backflips and like really like going ham at it. I was just like, okay, we were just warming up. I understand. Um, and very good use of a subito piano with their singing. That's fun. Yes. 
they start ripping up the world newspapers. Love that. Um, a little bit of fighting breaks out, but they kick them out and then they go back to dancing. Yes, and, I'm and here for the it. choreography <laughs> is just so clean. It's very clean. I love the choreography in this musical, yeah. and I'll talk about it more as we uh, get to other Progress. dance breaks. Um, you see their picture. But they, they also gets get their taken. picture taken for the musical, and what and this is what for I really paper. like about the set design. So for the paper, yeah, this is what I really like about the set design is that like as the actual actors are posing on screen, we see the picture for the newspaper also go up on the backdrop yes. because of, like the projector sort of drop downs that they have, and it's just so cool. It's just such good like. Um, framing i guess for the overall like image or picture that you get uh that you get on the screen it's beautiful i yeah. love it um, um but then well they say newsies forever or second to none um but then like the cops are called a bunch of adults to, like goons. Yeah, yeah which is okay in this it doesn't seem as harsh but if you think back to like how actually old these children are and there's like yeah. Fully adults beating the shit out of these children. And, like, Jack is trying to, like, Donkey Kong barrels at people. Um, (laughs) And, like, there is such a pronounced, like, slap sound effect uh, by, like, the police that I did laugh at. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Fair. It wasn't as much adults hating children as Annie, but, like, it's a close second. It's a close second. Um, but Crutchy yeah, so Cr- is like Crutchy just... is caught and beaten up. And oh my the god. Refuge. They literally take his crutch and beat him with it. Yes. No mercy. Fucked up on multiple levels. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then Jack runs back to his rooftop and we get his penthouse. the full... <laughs> his penthouse. And we get the full version of Santa Fe. Um, and this performance, I love so much. So so you said earlier, Watch What Happens is your favorite song. I think this full version of Santa Fe is probably my favorite. Oh, fun. Simply because the performance is so dynamic. Like, during this song, it's very, like, real. Like, he's, like, s- literally spitting and kicking and, like, yelling during this song. Um, and, like, almost cries, but doesn't actually cry because mucus in your throat destroys your vocal performance. Um, oh, so he, like, al- almost cries, um, but still while all delivering, like, an absolute bomb of a performance. Like, it's so good. I really I like it. the comparison to the prologue of Santa Fe versus this, because in the beginning, it's just like, oh, me and Crutchy together. Like, we're, like, this is what we're hoping for. We're not going to have to, like, deal with all this stuff. It's, like, very much after like the strife that like you know is killing them that's it's not so much just like i hope i get there someday it's i if that place isn't what i'm building up in my head i will be dying inside like it will kill me yeah but then we come into act two and we see the newsies are once again in Jacoby's deli um, no one knows where Jack is at the beginning of that. But they don't two. really care, which I think is interesting. They don't really care. They're kind of just like sad they're, they're and just like, which like fair. And they're also, there's some amount of adrenaline, I believe. Uh, but Catherine comes and says, yeah, you know what? They're on the front page of the New York Sun. And then, uh, exactly. Cap- Catherine says, you're in the paper. And everyone else says paper here. And I was like, Catherine, this is, don't say that. That's their word, not <laughs> What are yours. you doing? You're That's embarrassing like, yeah, yourself. I was like, you, you're not allowed to say that word. 
Um, and then we get into the song King of New York. And okay, so here is when um, we really need to talk about these accents. <laughs> the world is your Easter. 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 Uh, even your less what? as indoor turlet. Yeah. Turlet. Yeah. T-E-R-L-E-T. Um, stop. Stop it. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Can't you see we're already dead? It um, is... We also... A lot of fun tap dancing. A lot of fun tap dancing. So we also do find out that Pulitzer declared a blackout on strike news, which I don't know if it refers to literally just this strike, but it's funny to think that, like, no strike is allowed to be reported on at all. Um, as so far as we know, no the trolley strike is still going on. It's still going, true. Um, so no more stories are allowed to run. Um, but yes, so this is, to me, this is my favorite dance break in the musical. Um, I think Tap is one of the, including the one later, which I do think is, like, maybe objectively better, but this is the one that I prefer. Um, I think you I can think see growth and character more in this one than the other one. Agreed. Um, I think Tap is one of the coolest forms of dance. Uh and it's just really, really cool to see an entire stage of people doing tap dance in sync. It's so fun. Um, I love the energy. I love the look of Catherine's skirts, like, swishing around. With, At like, first, the, she, uh, like, is, like, doing some moves, and she's like, this is what I got. And they're like, I <laughs> little Little flute, little dingly. Doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> Do -do. And then she busts it out, yeah. and I'm here for they, it. They, like, Mrs. Jacoby uh, is definitely going to have to clean all this silverware, though. Yup. That was like my main thought. <laughs> also like the use so of then, highfalutin. Highfalutin. Great phrase. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then, so that at the end of the piece, and again, this is where like, I really love the scene transitions. So like they finish the piece, they do their like applause break. And it's break. great, um, um, a great moment for like the other newsies as well, like Romeo and yeah. Race and Specs, like, Kind of I really like when musicals, like, of course, they're, like, the leads, but the supporting casts are highlighted uh, in a yes. lot of fun ways. Uh, but, yeah, then we, like, transition to the refuge, where we see Crutchy writing a letter to, to Jack, Jack, and we get in the song Letter from the Refuge. And yes. it was very much like, sorry, I wasn't much help. The food isn't so bad here. They don't give us any, so they it can't don't be serve bad. Us any. <laughs> yeah, uh, he misses the penthouse. Um, I'm gonna escape. Don't you worry about me um, for each other. So his like yeah. main message is like, don't worry about close. me. Just make sure everyone else are protecting each other uh, from your friend, your best friend, your brother, yeah. Crutchy. And I really. Crutchy is a really interesting character um, because, like, after this, he really isn't in it till the very end, but it doesn't feel that way because of, like, the weight of, like, the scenes he is in. And I think that can um, really be attributed to uh, Andrew in this. Yeah. No, I kind of agree with that. Um, so, so, after he finishes writing the letter, we cut to Jack reading the letter and we see that he's in Meta's uh Miss Meta's basement um painting a new backdrop for the for the show um and he's reading the letter from Crutchy um so we get into this interaction between Jack and Meta where he's basically 
again expressing his desire to move to Santa Fe to like escape this life and everything and she's basically like well are you leaving for Santa Fe or are you running away because if you're just leaving you might find another place that place may or may not be the place for you and then you might find somewhere else but if you're running away then nowhere is ever going to be the right place for you because you're just escaping she said that I was like damn right damn I was Ugh. Not saying I've run kind of, away to places before, but love thought yeah. has crossed my mind. Um, but it, it, it gets uh, into what I was saying earlier about how, like, for Jack, Santa Fe is not a place. It's a state of mind. And even Catherine references it um, in a second when she comes in and says, like, you're painting a place that you've never seen before. Because to him, Santa Fe is not about the location. Touchy it's about subject, getting away Catherine. from New York. Y'all, y'all aren't <laughs> on that level yet. Uh, correct. <laughs> so uh, we see like Davy comes in with less, or yeah, Davy comes in with less and Catherine. Um, she expresses that Pulitzer has fully blacklisted her, so she can't write anything for anywhere, pretty much. Um, uh, but like their story and, is above the fold. Like this is yeah. like the best spot to be for news. The first story people see when they pick up the and newspaper. Jack yeah. is very much like, we lost. Like, people, and, like, Davey's like, no one died. And he was like, no, that's what you care about. That's, like, the limit. But Davey is really yeah. trying to talk to Jack and be like, no, this is something that's difficult. If you went into this thinking things wouldn't be this hard, then you were a fool. But He literally says, we're doing something no one's done before. Of course, that's a little dangerous. Yeah. Which is, like, so true. It's just so true. And it's very much Davey is like... Yeah, all these cops and adults tried to, like, you know, dismiss and crush us at the very beginning. But don't yeah. you think the fact that they did this means that they're scared of what this could become? Like, why? Right. we're just a bunch of children. We're newsies. We're trying to, you know, you know, be fair with stuff. But it was just such a harsh reality we were all faced with. So much effort went into this that that isn't some sort of validation that this is worth doing. Yeah. And and we get into um, Watch What Happens reprise, where basically this is Davy Lesson Catherine convincing Jack to continue with the strike because he's pretty, pretty solidly demoralized at this point. Um, so then we go over to, again, the offices at the New York World, um, and we see that Catherine is here still for some reason, question mark, that's going to come up later. Um, and we see Pulitzer is like talking to his like lawyer and his like secretary and his various staff, um, trying to see like, how can I get their rally? Oh, sorry. So, so while they're there, David, Davy tries to convince Jack to basically allow them to hold a rally at Mrs. Meta's, uh, Miss Meta's theater, her like vaudeville theater. Yeah. yeah. So um, they like they sing the song to decide like or to, to like convince him like let us hold this rally here with this rally like we can get everybody on our side blah blah blah. Um, so then we go over to the world, the offices, um, and we see that Pulitzer is trying to get their rally shut down. Like yeah. what legal premises do I have? Um, and he's like, oh well, like does it count or does it matter if like it's being led by a convicted felon or convicted like thief or whatever. He's trying to talk to the the mayor, 
who's played by Michael yeah. Gorman, who's also been the intern, the love guide, Chicago Justice. But it's just very much we we this is the point we find out more about Jack's past. Yeah. And like And we find out that he was um he stole some like bread and, and food uh bread and food and like water and everything. Um, and later we find out that it's for, like, the kids at the refuge. Which you um, could, could be like, assumed. He doesn't seem this Which selfish. could be assumed. Yeah. And again, it's very Les Mis of, like, he stole bread for his, like, starving family. Um, does he really deserve this? And you know? uh, Boozicals as a podcast believe, yes. Shockingly, we believe that food, water, and housing are basic human rights. There are the, no, no, we believe it's a privilege, not a right. Raven, come on. <laughs> We're on the correct side of history, obviously. Indeed, indeed. Late it's... stage capitalism is a gift from the gods. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> so so Jack shows up, um he shows up to the offices of the world yeah. to personally invite Don't you Joseph love Pulitzer. Hannah? I love her. She's hilarious. She's so funny. <laughs> and it's because, especially with these, like, I don't want to say smaller roles, but, like, these other, yeah. like, supporting roles that have not as much screen time, every move that they have, it matters. matters. Yeah. And she's one in particular that I thought capitalized, no pun intended, on every scene she was in. Mm-hmm. Even when she, she wasn't definitely speaking. Left an so we get into, we hear kind of more trying to put the um, the bottom line reprise. The bottom line reprise, but really trying to frame Jack as like a villain, a criminal, a vagrant, yes. a hooligan. We- we also specifically learn that Catherine is Pulitzer's daughter. I was shocked. I was like, <gasps> I gasped. Yeah. So this is interesting because, um, so in real life, uh, Joseph Pulitzer, his only daughter died at a very young age. Um, but they did use her name. It was still Catherine. Um, but we find out here that Catherine is indeed Pulitzer's daughter. Um, and we see Pulitzer is offering Jack some money Hell yeah. to basically speak out against the strike, um, which I think is potentially referencing. Um, so Jack Kelly was not a real character um, in the actual Newsboy strike. Rather, he's based off of a conglomeration of real strikers, um, one of whom was referred to as Kid Blink, um, who is like the prominent sort of like president of... Um, of the strike. So his name was Louis or Louis Belletti, uh, again, Kid Blink, who was sort of uh, disgraced, I guess we'll say. He had a sort of fall from grace during the actual strike, um, which he was accused of selling papers for the world um, at like at the standard price or whatever. So basically breaking the strike. Um, and as a result of that, uh, sort of those allegations, those accusations, he actually gave up office of the newsboys union. So he like stepped down sort of as like a leader of the strike. Um, and the way that is depicted here 
is basically Jack being offered money by Pulitzer to sort of disavow the strike. Say like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this anymore. Um, and he's like, I'll give you the money that you want to like go to Santa Fe, go to the Southwest, like blah, blah, blah. And we get into the bottom line reprise. But just him saying like, <laughs> yeah, we just him basically saying like, why are you doing all of this? I can give you all the money that you need to like live the life that you want to go off, like to, to run off into the sunset, um, and, and live your, live your special life. Um, so just like do that. Yeah. And it's very much, I know you don't have a family, but you can't have mine. Take him to the cellar, which is their news version of a dungeon. And there's this like old printing press there that he has to like spin the night that the, Delancey, Delaney, Delancey, Delancey, Delancey brothers are just like Leslie Beer. But then we get into the rally, which starts off with Brooklyn's here, and we like kind of see like the main, like the the leader of the Brooklyn Newsies. Yes, were introduced to Scott Conlon. Yeah, Scott. Is a spot spot con yeah my bad. I was like Scott doesn't sound right um, but I was following you um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, spot is played by Tommy Bracco um, who a lot of them have been in isn't it a romantic which is fun uh, but he was also in this short submissions only incredible incredible dancers each and every one of them yes absolutely. And they're coming up, and they're like, "Hey, this is this is what we're about." Uh, we get in, introduce some some incredible lyricism. We hear, "We are Brooklyn. We are Newsies." Uh, if you could believe it, uh, we are Brooklyn Newsies, and <laughs> <laughs> only to revival, but above, but above, dig it, above, dig it <laughs> from from Justin to Kelly. Um, I will say, yeah, Brooklyn's Here is not, like, the best song in this musical by any but means, it's but it's not, a fun it's little ditty. It's not the best song, but it is the worst. <laughs> Campbell! <laughs> it's a fun it, little it, ditty. It's fun, it, a fun little ditty <laughs> about Jack it's and It's fun, Diane. funky, fresh. <laughs> um, but it's... It didn't add much to... You could have just said, like, yeah. Brooklyn's Here. It didn't need to be a song. Just like yeah, it could have just been here. like a statement. You could have had a seventh <laughs> reprise of any of the songs. Seize the day. Seize the, or, or seize carry, the day. Carry the banner. See, oh, carry the banner would actually be really interesting here because instead of carrying the banner, the new different like news stance, it would be, stance, it would be yeah. yeah, carry the banner of newsies. Missed opportunity. Yeah, that could have been interesting. Um, so then Meta welcomes. So that they're all gathering at Meta's theater. Good for Meta. Um, she. She welcomes, honestly, yeah. She welcomes all of them. They all want to know where Jack is. Um, so David sort of like starts to give a speech, or Davy sort of starts to give a speech. Um, <laughs> so and formal then Jack with shows David. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jack shows up in the middle of it, but now we see that he's bitter and jaded. So basically, he's like, Hey, I spoke to Pulitzer, and he said, that if we disband the strike, if we, d- or we call off the strike and disband the union, he will pledge to not raise the prices for two years, which is like, which is a straight up contract negotiation that unions do. So yes. it's just, if that was the deal you wanted to do, you could still have the union. 
you could still have that union. But also, like, that's again just relying on his word that he's not going to raise the prices, which he has full capability to do at any time because he owns the means of production. But we're just going to move on from there. So he's a um, sellout. So he... And with that, let's pour another drink. Because that let's pour it really bummed me out. So cheers. Cheers. So we see Jack gets pushed out. Um, he's the goes back uh, to the penthouse and Catherine. He, he is basically there. yeah. So he he pushes for like disbanding the union. The union members like see him get money from Pulitzer's goons and they like push him out basically. And yeah, we go to him and Catherine on his rooftop. Um, she discovers his drawings of the refuge, um, and she's like, oh shit, like, you went through some shit while you were here. Like, this is abuse, this is horrible conditions, like, I'm so sorry you had to endure this. Um, and they, like, are arguing back and forth because where, you know. she's really not understanding. She was like, you went through all of this that I'm seeing here? Yeah, for, for, for these people, for your family... But you yeah. won't do that now. When everyone is working now. with you. I don't get it. Yep. Yep. Um, but then they kiss. Uh, which Ooh. I don't... I don't like here. I have no issue with their overall love arc. Um, their overall love story. But I have a real issue with... I'm, I'm just tired of the domestic violence is sexy narrative where like he's like oh if you were a boy you would be talking to a fist in your mouth right now no, and she's it like should well, be. if well, i was if a, boy, I a boy we would still kiss because there was a lot of honestly eroticism throughout this so much homoeroticism but also of she's like well if i were a boy you would actors, have actors a- not the children characters i want to make that clear correct Correct. Um, and she's like, well, if I were a boy, you would have a black eye right now. If I, was now. A, and if I were like, a boy, Can... Beyonce started playing. Oh, true. Um, but I, I don't know. That's I'm just really tired of the whole, video. like, I'm just really, true. I'm just really tired of the whole, like, oh, we, like, low-key hate each other, but we don't hate each other, but we threaten violence against each other, and that's sexy. And then we kiss, and it's hot. And, like, no, that's not how relationships work, and that's not healthy. Yeah. Um, and I want better for you, <laughs> personally. <laughs> From these, honestly, 15, 17-year-old children. Truly. So she has the idea, Catherine has the idea of like, hey, we should make our own newspaper. Like, you have talented art, artistic abilities. Like, you're a very good draw- like drawer. Um, I can write. We should make our own newspaper that basically like shares the experience of what we're going through and and convinces every single worker under the age of 21 so every child worker to strike alongside the newsies like everyone should be a part of this because it's not just about the newsies it's not just about the unfair working conditions that we slave under it's also about child labor in general and the the way that children and younger people are treated and exploited in this society so they decide to use the old basement printing press that is um at the world so this is the same printing press um jack was forced to sleep on when he was basically kidnapped by pulitzer 
Uh, yeah, so then we get into something to believe in. Because... And this song, it's super freaking Jack is very much going to be like, okay, but what, like, what is this about? Not about, like, any of this, like, newsies, newspaper, exploitative child labor kind of stuff. Like, there's something between us, isn't there? Don't give me hope for something, because one, I don't believe, from the worlds we've come from, that I can be with someone like you, and two... Don't give my hopes up if you're just going to get bored with me later. If this is just like, exactly. oh, yeah. you're from this different world. Let me just try it out. If I don't like it, I leave. This song, it starts off with them saying, it'd be fine if this was a one night stand, which is kind of the opposite. I think they were trying to go for. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do also like the message of if I'm gone tomorrow or if you're gone tomorrow, what was ours still will be. Yes. I kind of like that messaging of like, we are our own thing. You know, we love each other. And regardless of what happens next, regardless of where our lives take us, that will always be true. The fact that we loved each other here in this moment together will always be true. And that will always be ours. I kind of like that. I think it's very interesting how they characterize each other as day or night. For example, yes. uh, Catherine says, if this is our last night together, blah, 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 blah. And he uh, and Jack says to Catherine, if this is our last day together, because I feel like for them, the day is representative of kind of their, you know, their hope, their work, their journey, what they're trying to yeah. accomplish. And then at night, that's when like the harsh realities come into play. So it's Catherine yeah. recognizing who he is. Like I, you're saying... I don't think we should be together. This is where I'm from. Kind of like that night motif is what she's saying. I don't care about that. I will still remember us. As the opposite is Jack is saying, you are my day. You are my son. This is like what I'm hopeful see that could be. The dawn will rise. If that is all that I'm getting this one day, that is okay. And I just thought that was like interesting um i don't know that's just my take on it but who am i just yeah, a no, podcaster I... who does this for free <laughs> yeah no i totally get that i think this song is like really cute um so then the other newsies we see join and help them print the paper we get into another little seize the day reprise shocker another um, reprise but we are another reprise. <laughs> introduced to like some other characters and stuff we do yeah. see that we have, um, well, we saw this actor before um, as kind of like the date when uh, Catherine was first introduced, kind of walking around. But Jack Sapel yeah. also plays Darcy, who is very familiar with printing. Like, very. his father owns the Trib. Um which is, I believe, the Tribune is the abbreviation for that. Um, that yeah. connection Catherine has. And then Bill will be typesetting. And they're like, what, are you the son of William Randolph Hearst? And they're like, yes. Who's the other famous, yeah, printer? And it's just, they're like definitely coming together. They're like, how did you get the keys to the the cellar? And yeah, 
Catherine says the janitor here started when he was like 13 and has worked here for 20 years. He was more than happy to oblige in our cause. Yeah, he's never had a raise and he's more than happy. Yeah. So we get into the song once and for all. Yes. Yes. Okay. Which is ironic because it's not once and it's not for all compared to how many songs are left. It's like so many times in this musical, (laughs) I'm like, isn't this ending? And I'd like pause it. I'm like, how do I have 45 minutes left? Yeah, no, honestly. But this song is very, it's very like sinister. And I'm kind of here for it. Like this song for sure has the darkest tone. Such a sharp turn. The, the there was no talk of yeah. blood before this, but it's very much. <laughs> it's not like, like we'll make them like, bleed. Jack was like, like, "Okay, I have some strange now, so this is for real." <laughs> and it's very much. This is the story we needed to write in ink or blood. It's all the same. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of aspects. Yes, that is true. But you literally were about to be paid off to just yep. like not deal with this. And they're like, oh no, we're serious yep. about this now. Everyone else was. It's like you're overcorrecting. Jack. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they're like um, working on the printing press and. He keeps on, like, interluding and, like, interjecting and stuff. I'm like, you're literally distracting them from the work they need to do through song. Because he starts singing and everyone stops to listen. I'm like, no, this machinery needs to run. You have a limited amount of time. Stop distracting them. But I will say when they actually have these bundles of papers that they have, I was so impressed it may have been the camera shots. You don't know how many times they filmed this. I assume it's like yeah. in one take. How did no one drop anything? That's what I was thinking. Because, like, okay, so, like, for Hamilton, for example, Hamilton, the pro shot was a compilation of, like, two two live performances plus a performance they did in front of no audience just to get, like, extra shots that they weren't able to get perfect you know in the first one or in the main performances this one like it's only it's only i guess registered as being from the the performance at the the theater in hollywood california so this makes me think that yes this is one performance that is pro shot but it's still like god damn y'all got that perfect thing and this because the 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 tossing of the papers and everything like it's so yeah and this song is very much like uh along with oh wrong way scrolling through my notes along with watch what happens it's very much okay so we are choosing what our future is and uh, along with all this they're like our future is bright because we are making this positive change is their future the Great Depression? Yes. Do they know that? No. Maybe. <laughs> um, it's 1899. Wait, that's, like, that's like in 30 years. I know, but they're Campbell. saying like when they're adults, when they're in positions of power. Or 20 years. Um, this, but like this is still like, I mean, their yeah. future is World War One. Yeah. They're like, our futures are bright. We could do anything. And it's like. Not that bright, but like good for it's them. It's a little bleak. <laughs> a little bleak, but, but good for them. Um, anywho, we then we see like the Newsies banner, which I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah. you had to name it this with how many times you sung 
about Babes. Honestly. Um, <laughs> Papes. And you can see, like, the city is, like, honestly shutting down. We go to Pulitzer office. Yeah. And, uh, and Hannah are just, the like. The phones are ringing off the hook. And they're, like, the shitty, si- the shitty, the city is shutting down. <laughs> and everyone is blaming you. And then, like, yeah. Jack walks in and is, like, I really want to, like, thank you for your lessons on the power of the press. And then the, they, they like, learns, like, oh, they use the old printing press. Oh, this was Catherine. This is definitely yeah. her writing. These kids put out a pretty good paper. And Dave. Which, honestly, they did. Davey was just, like, your circulation is down 70%. You could have just, like, talked to, you know, your employees. Honestly. And then we get into a reprise uh, the second time of Seize the Day. <laughs> And it's basically like, yeah, we're winning and stuff like this. And we see that Catherine said she had a very important meeting. Who did she go see? Her dad. No, she didn't go see her dad. Who did she see? Oh, wait. Talk about Catherine? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Catherine went to see Governor Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, who, again, is played by Kevin Carillon. We didn't say this before, but in the first... Um, bottom line, when um, Pulitzer is getting his hair cut by Nuncio, same actor is Kevin Carell yeah. on his Roosevelt, who's been in SVU, Boardwalk Empire. He also toured in Chicago, the musical, in the United States, Japan, Dubai, um, UAE. But also in the world premiere stage production of The Jungle Book, like Disney's, he like was Baloo. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Um, so Teddy Roosevelt shows up. Um, happy who, to be there. His entire... Because the world be was, there. like, I trying love... to get him not elected to governor. Yeah, Open. exactly. Like, they were actively opposing his campaign. Um, and I really like this guy's performance of Teddy Roosevelt. It's super fun. It's just like, you're a bully. Because Miss Larkin's like, yeah, oh, like, I, I introduced them. Bully. I brought them here because we have had sex before. Yeah, and so he tells Pulitzer basically get his get his head out of his ass and to deal with this shit and be like, well, you are the reason that they're striking. Like, you need to deal with this. Blah, blah, blah. Or there will be an, uh, um, a straight up Senate investigation. A Senate investigation. And he doesn't mind into because he remembers all the shit they were talking about him. He would be happy to do it, and also. 100%. Mentions to Jack is like, oh, so, hey man, I heard we share a carriage ride together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jack gets him to agree, gets Pulitzer to agree mm-hmm. um, to a slightly lower price. He's selling it at half. Um, so like, the like reduction instead by half. of uh, 60, 60 cents per paper, it's 55 cents per paper. Um, and he gets him to implement buybacks um, on all of the papers. And then we see that Crutchy is released. And Roosevelt says that he is shutting down the refuge and will be investigating all of Snyder's alleged crimes of like abuse and neglect and all of that that is existing and occurring. This is the this is the point where Pulitzer does like recognize Jack Moore because he's trying to explain it's like, oh there's buybacks, like there's nothing stopping for the newsies from like just like getting like a million papers and not selling them. Yeah. It's just like, do you think any of us would carry them around? And he's just, you know, really talking about how Honestly. that's going to increase circulation. They want to work harder. And he's just like, you know what? I respect you now. 
and they, you know, spit on it, deal, and we get into the That's the reprise again. Spoiler of uh, the world will yep. know. They're more triumphant in this reprise. They won. Yes, they like this is where everyone's doing, and Snyder is like kind of being it's like oh take him away and crutchies he is like i'm back can i do the honors your yep. highness and he like locks him up which if you think of like the context of like eight-year-olds doing this very funny <laughs> it's very funny to think that's eight-year-old is putting handcuffs on an adult man to take him to prison yep yep and we also see pulitzer is like kind of a one-up on roosevelt be like, hey, you have talent. I don't like what the government's doing, especially the Senate and this governor. Have you thought about drawing political cartoons? Yep. To like on the inner workings of the yeah, government. Yeah, kind of and just like be like, a, their back doors. F you to like Roosevelt. Be like, you're not clean in this. Yeah. And, and Roosevelt's honestly like, sure. Yeah. Why not? Like, do do it. Um, and so then we see like the other newsies, like Jack's like, oh, well, let, like that would be cool, but I'm planning on leaving anyway. And the other newsies end up convincing him to stay. Um, and so we see the other newsies say, well, like, okay, well, let's think about what Santa Fe's got versus what New York's yeah. got. And like, yes, Santa Fe has this feeling of freedom, like all of this stuff, but New York has us and we're your family. Yeah. And they're very much like, so, you got a union to run. And he's like, Catherine, I don't want to work for your father. And Catherine's like, you literally already work for my father. You literally <laughs> it's already just like work for him. More money and something you like doing. Um, and they yeah. kind of like talk to each other. It's like, you know what? Wherever you go, I'm going to be there. Um, because we're teenagers and in love. And so this is 1800. So this is forever. Which is like, honestly, probably true. Honestly, yeah. So then we get into the finale. Which is a false is... finale, listeners. Let me tell you. What? So many times <laughs> I was like, oh, this musical is ending. It did not. Uh, this finale, it's very much oh be like, we'll, be, we'll all be the ones out there. Um, the news here are in a mission. Uh, we're King of New York, the end. It's very much like wrapping it up. This yes, is carrying the banner and King of New York together. Dance number after this before the credits. Okay, but yeah, it's it's like it's the dance number though, like for So it didn't end. Like carrying the banner and King of New York. They just keep it going. The they lights do another dance went break, out. And then they do the curtain the call. The lights literally went out and then they had the <laughs> dance number, Raven. Fair, 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 and fair. You know what, this <laughs> dance number? Great. Great showcase again. Specs. Amazing. How can you jump so high? I've been on a stage before. The, it's it's wild. It's wild how Floating. talented the performers and the performers in this are. And then like, we get. It's not okay. To, everyone is like bowing. I really like this is yeah. Broadway HD, the streaming service, and Disney Plus that they have like people's names over when they actually doing their bows coming up. Love I it. love that. Love, love it. it, love it, love it. And then the audience tears up and throws newspaper at the very end, which is very, like... So cool. The Rocky Horror Show, like, interactive theater, which I appreciate. You can just tell, yeah. like, then they're, like, kind of dancing around. They're having fun on stage. That's fun. 
yeah, it's just super. It's just super fun. It's very kinky boots. It's very like the the stage actors getting involved with the audience and just kind of like building everything together. Yeah, we love it. So then, Fiend, we get into what? Who are the composers and the, and the builders? You tell me. That's not my job. Of this creation. So we get into the music. The music is by Alan Menken, who we've discussed on many an episode before this. Um, the lyrics are by Jack Feldman, and the book is by Harvey Fierstein. So we're going to talk about them for a second. Um, Jack Feldman is an American, an American lyricist. Um, he's written for TV, film, and Broadway, uh, among many others. He's worked on Oliver and Company, Home Alone 2, A Goofy Movie, Lion King 2, and 102 Dalmatians. Um, and he also wrote lyrics for Barry Manilow's Copacabana, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's cool. fun. Exactly, yeah. Um, so then Harvey Fierstein um, is an American actor, a playwright, and screenwriter. So he has made his he made his acting debut in Andy Warhol's only play named Pork, which I thought was very fun and interesting. Um, he's one of the first openly gay celebrities, um, which again, happy pride, um, and did a lot to act- actively advance the existence of like gay and trans celebrities in Hollywood work um, in screenwriting. He played Edna Turnblad in Hairspray, as well as Tevya in Fiddler, which I thought was really Uh, cool. So great. And again, among other works that he's uh, performed in, he also wrote the book for Kinky Boots, which I thought was really cool. So um, some awards and recognition that this musical received. Um, It got a couple of Tonys for Best Choreography in 2012, as well as Best Original Score. Um, it also won the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Choreography, Outstanding Music, and in the 2022 London production, um, it won the Laurence Olivier Award for Best Theatre Choreographer. Um, so, Campbell. Tis I. I have a fun little discussion question for us um i was going to get a little deeper but i wanted to just go kind of simple this time um we talked about how this musical has a lot of choreography (laughs) (laughs) compared to some of the other ones that we've done and i'm interested do you prefer musicals with more or less dance choreography and why or why not and I have a very strong opinion on this, so I will actually let you go. This is a really boring answer. I think it depends if it's a stage show or a movie musical. If it's a movie musical, I don't think they really have the time to do that. Stage musicals are the very characteristic of, like, it's very normal for them to be two and a half, three hours. If a movie is, like, three hours, that's like a snooze fest. A lot of the times they have to break it up. That it's... Yeah. I, I don't think how it's presented is fair to the choreography to being well received so i really see that more so as what is like the context for it which is like not as much fun if it's a stage show then yeah absolutely the choreography is movement is just as important as like kind of like the visual or the sound um but when it's like a movie where it's like all 
I think there's like a higher percentage of visual and sound compared to movement. I sometimes everyone's going to disagree with me, but I think for movie musicals, choreography is less important, and I'm okay with that. So I view it as not as important, or I don't focus on it as much. But if it's like a stage show where we don't have as much like special effects or things like that, there's other ways things need to be emoted or conveyed mm -hmm. that you have to use different choreography or dancing or things like that to be able to you know get that message across it's kind of more intrinsic to it so that's why i think it's like more important and i like you know care about it more yeah that's interesting so for me i think a musical show with choreography is inherently better um especially with extensive choreography i for me i'm the type of person who i love dancing and for me dance is one of the fundamental ways that i express myself right like i obviously express myself verbally but dancing also and dancing talking is shit. just absolutely dancing is just a way that i express myself and so for shows that don't inherently include a lot of dancing like i'm thinking like shows like falsettos for example like falsettos doesn't have a lot of dance but it is a very good show nonetheless but for me um the use of dance to me is simply more understandable as a way of expressing emotion, right? Like dance is an inherent way that I express myself. Um, and so in musicals that incorporate a lot of dance, a lot of choreography, I find it far easier to relate to the characters and to relate to their own interpretation of their world and their experience right like in the same way that people find it um like the whole idea of like suspense of disbelief right mm -hmm. like in animation versus live action to me in a live action show even where people are not dancing i find it a lot harder to suspend my disbelief and to work with them um, in the telling of the story than it is in a live action show where they are dancing. Because to me, it's like, well, if you're singing, you're dancing. You know, like to me, it's like dancing is the inherent expression of emotion, of human emotion. Because um, for me personally, that's how I feel. I, like, that's how I express I myself. I think that's really so, like, interesting because that just like kind of like yeah. highlights a difference between you and I. I don't like dancing. Yeah. I feel awkward in my body. But do you know what I do a really good job of when I like sit still and take in all of the sounds and the visual? That's how I'm able yeah. to focus on different things. I don't have the experience and I, and I don't have the... Uh, a perspective of oh i can kind of like feel the movement of this i yeah. recognize the visuals and like you know definitely impressed by that um but it's very much like when we raven and i when you listen to a song you listen to lyrics first when i listen to a song i listen to like the background music first i think that's kind of like yeah. another characteristic of us being able to feel the movement and the choreography is something that like you definitely have a higher focus on than I do. And I think that's characteristic. Exactly. Of, like, you know, how we perceive. So Campbell, I gave you two options for today's episode of what we'll be playing. So 
what will we be playing? You'll be playing the violin, and I will be playing the melodica. Ooh, mixing it Ooh. up, and we will be playing Santa Fe. Santa Fe, so fun. I love that song. Yeah. All right, so be right back. Burp. Okay, we were together that time. We were together. We ended the same spot, yes. despite Zoom lag, so... We can do the Vivace okay, so to the uh, 71. Moderato? Two before the Moderato. To the 71. Okay, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But Vivace, so that we're going okay. faster. So we're like... Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. good in my section i had to stop to using two hands and then i only used one hand like the left hand the bass some of the notes not a lot of chords but you know what i don't care because no one's gonna listen to it other than you and i so i did great fair i did fair. i did average listeners i don't want to lie to you <laughs> but yeah we have so, reached the end of the podcast raven how would Campbell. you rate this on a scale of one to ten what Wow, I was going to ask you that first. Well, should ask it sooner. But I would rate this musical on a scale of like, I think, 9 out of 10. I really, really enjoy it. I really like this production specifically of Newsies. Um, the 9 I give it is specifically because like, one, some of the acting choices could have been done a little some bit better. Accents, some of the accents, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. And some of the like, just historical inaccuracies could have been handled a little bit. Yeah, could have been handled a little bit better. But overall, I think this is, like, the vocal performances are amazing. I think this is overall a very faithful adaptation of the story. Um, and I think like the general artistry and creativity that is on display, um, is worth renown, but I think I would give it like a nine out of 10 nice. total. What I would you? give it a seven out of 10. A lot of similar things. I would have given it an mm-hmm. eight, but they said papes too much. So I'm docking a full point for that. <laughs> you and these papes. Ra- Raven, literally <laughs> this watch this week, rewatch it with that in mind. <laughs> Um, but I give it a seven. A it seven. is good. There's That's parts fair. I really like. I think the story and the message is really good. But there are some aspects that I'm just like, come on. So many reprises. And like, I know some parts I'm like, okay, like, let's get through this. So Campbell, where can you find us? Uh, listeners, I mean, you're currently listening to us on your preferred podcast platform. Correct. But if you want to share with us, and we hope you do to your friends and loved ones or enemies you can you know let them know you can find us wherever podcasts are found so that's spotify apple Podcasts, anywhere stitcher um pandora iheart radio just literally anywhere that you can listen to podcasts we're there and when you listen to us and i hope you like us i it would be really really cool very neat 
if you rated us, subscribed, followed us on whatever the preferred podcast platform, because if you do so, we are trying to raise money for music education and we're able to spread, you know, our love and joy for music education. But also, I think we're fun. I think other people would enjoy listening to us. Other people have a better opportunity to listen to us if you rate us well for example on spotify you're now able to rate us on like zero to five stars if you're listening on spotify right now right now go ahead rate us five stars if you don't think we're deserving of that you can contact us at our email which is boostcools at gmail.com that's b-o-o-z-i-c-a-l-s at gmail.com let us know what we can do better or what you want us to do differently or you can follow us and reach us at boostcools on our Instagram, I respond to all of our DMs, and sometimes I like to Photoshop us. Well, no, every episode I Photoshop us uh, into fun <laughs> musicals if we're doing musicals. Sometimes we do different specials. Super yeah. fun, too. I, I love I them. do a good job. Yeah. And, yeah, and we, like, you know, share different news about other musical-related things, different than nonprofits we follow and support and things like that. So, yeah, if you want to, like, you know, better contact or resources for the stuff you like and the stuff we're doing you can follow us in those regards indeed and we hope you do and we hope that you like us because then we can keep talking about this musical and other musicals to other people that have not heard yeah we really we like doing this so like all more people listen to us is just like more confidence it's like yeah we'll keep doing it so Bye-bye. Bye.